the reality is, is that the people who want Kenny out are not people who um, support good progressive social policies or good tax rates. You know, these are people who support, as Scott said, all of the cuts, all of the, you know, gutting that, that, Jason Kenney has led through uh, this province through. Um, these are people who think he went way too far on his pandemic response. Um, and this is terrifying. The Forgotten Corner podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show, like to support further please consider a donation through our patreon account patreon.com backslash forgotten corner pod or visit our website forgottencornerpod.com welcome back to the forgotten corner podcast we acknowledge that the forgotten corner occupies unceded indigenous land we acknowledge that the blackfoot confederacy never surrendered its land in the signing of treaty 7 but agreed to share it the Forgotten Corner sits on Treaty 7 and Treaty 4 territory, traditional lands of the Siksika, Kainai, Pakani, Stony Nakoda, and Sutina, as well as the Cree, Sioux, and the Soto bands of the Ojibwa peoples. We also honor and acknowledge that we are on the Métis Nation within Region 3. The Forgotten Corner is a very proud member of the Harbinger Media Network. Uh, if you'd like to check out other progressive podcasts from across the country, uh, such as, you know, like a Big Shiny Takes, like my co-hosts. Uh, what else do we like, Jeremy? Tech Won't Save Us. Tech Won't Save Us. Uh, uh, darts and Letters. Darts and Letters. All right. So go check out a couple of those podcasts. You'll uh, you'll like what the they're doing. Worst Case over Ontario. Which is uh, relevant because, you know, there's that election. Oh, right. There's an election. My kid asked me about that election the other day. Anyway, um, which is weird because we're in Alberta and he's 13. But anyway, my name is Scott Schmidt and I am here alongside uh, a couple of co-hosts finally uh, again today. Well, actually, we had you on not too long ago, Alberta, but uh, Mr. Jeremy Appel out of Calgary. How you doing, buddy? Hello. Hello. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Tired? Yeah. Tired, uh, but otherwise, um, no complaints. Got a boy. Uh, and joined with us for uh, a, an episode of Just Us this week is our resident expert, friend of the show, and sometimes co-host, Dr. Roberta Lexier. How are you today? Hey there. Uh, I'm okay. Doing well. The sun's shining. So, you know, there's that. I'm yeah. trying not to do the usual, like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine, but the world's on fire. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say these nah, days. You... So, you know, sun shining. Yeah. That's fine. Well, turns out the world will give us topics to talk about from time to time. And for several months now, we've all known that a leadership review uh, was upcoming for the uh, good uh, and decent premier Jason Kenney. And um, yada, 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 arrived in April, supposed to all be done in like one kind of room in Red Deer, then took battle. Anyway, this is end of May, finally on the 18th of May, we're on the 21st today. The results came out. Jason Kenney shocks the world announcing a 51.4% approval uh, in this, and then says he's going to step down. And Which is weird because he won. Yeah, that's right. Well, it, it gets weirder, of course, because uh, immediately the province, the media, myself included, uh, the public, we were like, 
oh, holy shit, Jason Kenny's not the premier anymore. <laughs> and uh, by the end of the night, I already knew, like, don't say not premier anywhere in this paper. I think I accidentally forgot to, I, like, I left the poll. I had the poll question up early. Like, were you glad to see Kenny resign as premier? And I had to change it, like, the next morning to, like, step down as leader of the UCP and probably need to change it again. Because as it turns out, this announcement is created more confusion than anything but as the story goes he supposedly stepped down from something um he's gonna be the premier until there's a leadership review turns out he's also gonna just be the leader until there's a leadership review uh we all know now of course now that there's absolutely nothing that says that he can't run for leader in this leadership review or in this new leadership race but Today, we're going to talk about sort of the, uh, I think, the outcomes of a world without Jason Kenney and what that might be like, because I think that the, um, maybe the sort of initial instinct is to rejoice a little bit, right? Like, we've been cringing at the sight of this man for three, well, five years, if you've been following him since he announced he was going to become part of this and sort of knew it was going to lead to this um and he's gone uh but the vultures as i said in my column that are kind of circling his wagon to uh swoop in uh maybe maybe not the the replacement pool that we would like to be drawing from so uh, i'm gonna pose that question to you guys right now um First of all, why do you let's talk about why we think he was pushed out the door, Roberta? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to talk about this situation at the moment because we don't even know what the hell's going on. Like Jason Kenny's such a I don't know, he's like a, a cockroach or whatever, right? Like you think he's down and then suddenly, <laughs> oh, there he is. He's still there and he's just going to stick around forever. So, I mean, I think I think what we're seeing is that there's a a, a grassroots kind of conservative Fuck, movement. I hate that word, by the way. I know, me too. It's <laughs> terrible. But it's like either grassroots or populist, and both of them are problematic. So right, I'm going right. to use grassroots. But there's like this grassroots um, conservative movement or group, I guess, in, in Alberta that, you know, is clearly um, incredibly far right and much farther right that, than Kenny is. And it seems to me that, um, you know, it's that membership base that that pushed him out, really, that, that voted. He, you know, I mean, we don't know for sure, but pretty sure he stuffed some ballot boxes. And so the fact he only got That's 51%. 50, yeah, he, he got 51.5 for with possibly cheating to get probably let's cheating, not like, like that yeah. allegedly speculate right so so clearly <laughs> the membership of the ucp does not like jason kenny and doesn't see him as their leader but it seems to me now after Thursday, like the day after that, the caucus, you know, gives him this horrible standing ovation and then lets him stay on as as leader for now. It seems to me there's a big split between the caucus, like the elected representatives and the members. And so, I mean, I think what it shows is the UCP is a disaster zone. It always has been. It never actually united any of this what? stuff. Yeah. And, and um, you know, Jason Kenney was the most sort of reasonable candidate with 
within that group in some ways. And so I think, you know, we'll get to it more later, but you know, I, I think it's a, a bit of a, a tricky moment. Absolutely. It is. So what do you make of that whole aspect of this, Jeremy, with, you know, this whole announcement and then uh, his own caucus kind of like show is maybe this show of support. Uh, do you think that this is a path to get him back to be just in charge still? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been bouncing back and forth uh, between the two since uh, he announced he was resigning. And I was like, ah, just kidding. Uh, Jinx. Jinx. Psych. Yeah, that's right. psych. <laughs> no backsies, backsies. Yeah. Yeah. Super psych. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think that I'm I, 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 right now, at, at the current moment, I'm leaning towards his political career is done. He can kick and scream and try and stay on. But uh, I mean, again, clearly the party's not on his side. Um, so uh, who do we have running to replace him? Well, we've probably got him. That's right. Yeah. We got Danielle Smith, who thinks that uh, vaccines are like Nazi uh, experiments on Jews during the Holocaust. Um, so, hey, brought- you guys now know what it's like. That's good. good yeah. To know. yeah. Wow. This is exactly what our ancestors Same thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I know um, what they and went then, through. And then uh, uh, Brian Jean, who uh, made it quite clear. Um, during the by-election that he won in a landslide that he's not a globalist he's not um indebted to the world economic forum um you know uh all this like new world order shit so i mean yeah so far kenny is like the moderate reasonable one but i don't know that the party membership such that it is gives a shit absolutely um but i don't know maybe he'll rig the leadership race again and uh well i think we should talk about today from the angle of like let's say he's gonna be gone because i think that albertans need to kind of start to grasp what that looks like and i like it's sort of very much the same in when I, when he announced he was going to run in 2017 a number of us were able to foreshadow a few years ahead and know exactly what we were going to get ourselves into. So um, let's sort of predict the future. Uh, Roberta, go ahead. Yeah, just before we jump into, you know, the candidates and where this party is going to go and all of that, I do want to say, you know, from the the Jason Kenney perspective, if this is the end for Jason Kenney, if he is out as premier, I think, you know, on the it is important for us to to um, talk about that for a second, I think, to say, on the one hand, yay, like Jason Kenney is a horrible human being who like literally killed a whole bunch of people for, you know, his own political and personal gain. Social murder. And so... Yeah, exactly. And so like, yay, I'm glad to see him gone. And secondly, if he is gone, it may have, you know, there's, I want to like do a jig for how it, it, like his whole plan just fell apart, right? Like he rode into Alberta, he was going to unite the conservatives, he was going to rule this province and then jump into the conservatives uh, federally and then do his thing. And so like, if this is the end for Jason Kenney, again, big if, um, you know, I think that's also something to celebrate that, you know, like he, that plan is dead and yay, I like to see Jason Kenney foiled. Um, But, you know, I also think, 
Jason Kenney should have had to face the electorate um, and Jason Kenney should have to be held responsible for what he's done for the last two or three years um, and longer than that. I think, in fact, for much longer than that. And, you know, I, it's really a problem that that this is happening. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think it's celebratory, but I also think we should acknowledge the good sides of it. We'll, you know, I will yeah. get this. So Colin Gallant, colleague at the Medicine at News wrote his column yesterday and he was just talking about sort of the process of all of this and getting to become premier and like I couldn't even fucking believe this factoid but uh and I'll, I don't have it in front of me but I think it was Rachel Notley uh sorry Jason Kenney Rachel Notley and Peter Lougheed were the only premiers since the Second World War to become premier in an election. Every other premier was a takeover of in in a like a, a leadership race or whatever, right? Like everyone else, like Ed's, like no one, we didn't vote it. Like, and I was just like, because Alison Redford was pre like, premier before she became before she won her election and. Uh, Ed Stelmack won in the leadership race, or whatever, and Dave Hancock. All, and I was like, "Holy Alf shit!" Like, too. I guess so. Like he must have like. Yeah, some of those would have faced the electorate maybe after they became this, premier. No, absolutely, I'm saying became yeah, yeah. premier, right? They may have remained yeah. premier in elections. Obviously, Ralph Klein won several elections. Obviously, Redford won a record election, right? But she was already premier when she ran in that election and she wasn't elected to become premier. So I just thought it was an interesting thing that this is a very uh, fucking typical way for Albertans to have their leaders switched. Uh, Definitely. So and this is, I think, you know, it used to be the reality of a one party state that, um, you know, the only way to influence who the leader, like who your premier was going to be was to become a member of the conservative party right. at that time, and to vote in their leadership election. So in fact, I actually did that at one time, because I was like, well, I don't have any influence here. Yeah. When the NDP won in 2015, it seemed like maybe some of that had changed a little bit. Um, but obviously, the conservative side of the province that hasn't changed at all. Um, you know, we don't get to pick the premier. It's the members right. of the conservative party that pick the premier. Wait, I, 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 I we also don't ask. pick the premier anyway, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I have to ask who, who would you vote for, for PC leadership? Um, I think I was trying to remember yesterday, but it was the, the Jim Prentice election um, when he became premier because or uh, leader of the conservatives, because he was running against and that's who I can't remember. I'd have to look up some schmuck um, that didn't need to be. But basically it was like, who's the least evil? Like 100%. it's the same conversation we're about to be having here. I think. 100%. And this and has been ongoing for ages. Right. And so before we get into that, and this is the question I wanted to post just really quickly touch base on, because I think this is also important too, but uh J jason kenny when he came in here there's accusations of cheating and underhanded shit and and backstabbing and these kinds of things i mean is it any wonder that that would be sort of the way it ends for him like isn't that kind of like shakespearean in a way like this is if if you create as many enemies and 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 step on as many people as Jason Kenny or his team has done to get him to where he is. I mean, like, is this not like the most obvious end to this? 
is those very same people uh, band together and end his career, Jeremy? Yeah, there's sort of a, a delicious irony to it, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it just seems to me like that would be like, of course, it would end like this. Of course, it would be like he's just pushed out. Right. And I just think that maybe well, like if we're talking about how often this has happened over the course of the last like 70, 80 years, like maybe this isn't like the first time uh, the conservatives have been made up of a bunch of individuals looking to have power and are willing to fuck each other over for it. I mean, we're like, we're not going to talk federal today, but I mean, Poliave and Sheree, I mean, that's just the, and like Ed, this Ed, Ed fast shit. Like, I mean, come on. Like, I love how nasty they haven't even gotten yet. And they're already doing the infighting and eviscerating of each other. Right. So it's just like, this is what, and like, in no way am I saying, because that's true, the opposition parties are all like, like kumbayaing and like really great at being bipartisan not at all saying that i'm just saying that it seems to me that typically conservative parties are like the least united groups you could ever fucking imagine anyway well it's super fascinating too because well but this is the thing is that we talk all the time about how the left is super divided and fractured and um, so much infighting and we're always backbiting and stabbing each other in the back but you know the reality is that the conservatives are just the same if not worse at this and you know the reality is that they have a much better ability of finding the right moments to unify um, you know around an election or when they need it and are able to successfully win elections Um, but the reality is is that they are so incredibly divided and have been for you know hundreds of years really since the beginning and um, you know I think the fact that they try and ram themselves back together to win elections shows that the purpose is power and not policy. And I think that's going to lead to problems. I don't really want to trash entire groups of people, but like if you're constantly at each other's throats and then you're able to just pretend to be best friends in time for election, like, is that not like a mass show of lack of principle by people who vote for these parties? Like, isn't it, couldn't it be said that the the left has trouble unifying because like they refuse to budge on things that they believe strongly in whereas like uh they will pretend to compromise in conservative land in time for an election but they're not compromising on shit which means that what they actually end up doing is voting against their best interest every single time they go out because they're really just pretending to have this like the person that they're voting for is literally just pretending to have their interests in mind or whatever. Anyways, 100%. I also think the other piece of what you were talking about before, Scott, is that, you know, politics based on division and anger and hatred and like, um, you know, riling up your base is often going to backfire, right? Right. Like you rile people up and they're going to respond in whatever way they're going to respond. Sometimes you can direct that other times you can't. And so like Jason Kenney, 
has spent his whole career, not just now, but his whole career riling people up, getting them angry, forcing them to be or focusing their anger on, you know, Trudeau or whoever it's supposed to be. Yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. And so like, duh, people are riled up. Eventually they're going to turn on you too. Like that's yeah. how this works. When you, you know, rile that them Simpsons up. episode where Bart just starts swinging his arms around and he's like, if you get hit by these fists, like that's on you. That's totally how Alberta, like, like Kenny just has like ran Alberta. Like we just r- run around the world, swinging our arms going, not my fault. If you get, and then, smacked. And, and then Homer tries to do that with eating a pie. <laughs> but then I think he hits his head. That's right. Not my fault. Pie. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good episode. That's the one where uh, where Lisa plays hockey and she's good. Right. She's the killer goaltender. Uh-huh. That's right. Coached by no longer on the show up who. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Whatever happened to a That's an episode. Anyway, um, Jason Kenny. OK, so what we really wanted to talk about today is and this is like kind of what I wrote about my column and I. I edited Jeremy's newsletter this week and he kind of touched on this in his sort of end notes as well. Um, so Jason Kenny is gone. Let's just say that, right? Like, let's just say there's going to be a leadership race and he doesn't win it. Who do we know that so far is going to be running for this leadership? It is Basically, well, we ran through the list already, right? We got your Brian Jeans, you got your Danielle Smiths, right? And, you know, whether it's a Drew Barnes or a Todd Lowen or not, both of these men are trying to get back into the caucus. And so uh, certainly they're going to push for a leader that has their ideas and ideology in place, right? So what do all and then you talk about the various um, members of his caucus that has been critical right why have they been critical right uh, uh leela ahir kicked out of the cabinet for for criticizing and uh help me out here jeremy who else was there in the caucus that's still in the caucus but has been anyways there's a number uh yeah, there there are several of them. I mean, Lila here is the 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 most prominent, and um, you know, unlike Lone and Barnes, uh, I here didn't criticize uh, the the paltry uh, COVID restrictions Ken introduced. She criticized him for not even uh, abiding by those paltry restrictions. So, oh, so she um, was the she was a good one. Like yes. she, she was saying he didn't he didn't go far enough. Okay, well that's good. Cause... Well, it was well no it it was it, she didn't say that he was going uh didn't go far enough or went too far. She was just saying this, she criticized him for the Sky Palace uh, incident. Okay. Anyway, point being here is that the bulk of the people that have sort of banded together here that are sort of coming out of the flames of this whole thing saying i'm here to be in charge now that kind of thing they were very critical of jason kenny's mediocre attempts to stop this virus right like this was this was people like what did oxy uh you know hydroxychloroquine right this was uh Danielle Smith, she was one of them, right? 
Uh, and Barnes, ivermectin. Drew Barnes has been, he has not even mentioned, not fucking mentioned a dead person. Like, think about that. He hasn't mentioned a dead person in two years, but he has had time to introduce and push a property rights bill. Is is that is that accurate? Didn't he mention all the the people dead from suicide in Medicine Hat? Sorry, that's true. That's COVID right. There was a that. suicide crisis because of COVID restrictions. And again, we've talked about that on the show, and I've already had my snap fest about that. As the listeners would know, one of the people that was on that list of suicide victims was a friend of mine and uh yeah uh i take pretty fucking huge issue with people trying to just say that he died because he had to wear a mask at sobeys so anyway um <clears throat> nonetheless the kinds of people that have been the most vocal critics the most likely people to step in and try to fill his role or take on the job have been people that have, it's always about COVID and his attack on the freedom of people. Mind you, all of the things, and I listed about a hundred of them in my column this week off the top of my head, and I feel bad to, if, if Kim Porter's missing, the one thing I didn't mention was their attack on um, people who deal with addictions and their complete disregard for anyone that uses drugs and harm reduction and all of these kinds of things like I should have put that on the list but there's a billion of them right not one of these people not fucking one of these people that are are, are banding together to try to uh, push him out or are hoping to take his job gave two like were against any of those policies they were all in favor of every single one of those moves the de-indexing de of age payments right the uh, Barnes, turning... well actually Barnes didn't say he was against it he just said, didn't understand why they did it which is classic right so these like trust me when i tell you if drew Barnes became the premier of alberta uh cuts and austerity is going to be like the number one thing right so all of these people were had no problem with the actual bad governance but they take issue with what was an abysmal approach to curbing the virus and so i'm going to ask you guys how much worse could one of these people be than what we're already experiencing in the biggest careful what you wish for of our province's history no, I mean, this is what, what, you know, worries me about Jason Kenney leaving in so many ways. I mean, there's lots of issues I think we could, would, could talk about, um, including the fact that now the NDP has to figure out a new strategy that isn't, we're not Jason Kenney, um, and which I've been telling them for, you know, three years now that they might want to do. But aside from that, you know, the reality is, is that the people who want Kenny out are not people who um, support good progressive social policies or good tax rates. You know, these are people who support, as Scott said, all of the cuts, all of the, you know, gutting that, that, 
Jason Kenney has led through uh, this province through. Um, these are people who think he went way too far on his pandemic response. Um, and this is terrifying, you know, I mean, I don't, if we, you know, going forward from right this moment, a new leader isn't going to change too much because we already have no freaking restrictions. It's a right. free for all in this goddamn province. Everybody's just, you know, not caring about 10 people a day dying. Like we're just good with it. So, you know, whoever comes along won't change that, but we're not going to get any restrictions ever again. Like the reality is we're not going to respond the ever again, if a different leader, like if Daniel Smith becomes leader of the conservative, the United conservative party, the next big wave, I don't even know how to talk about this because we're in it. We should have restrictions. Like it's such a mess, but she's not going to come and start. I know every week and we just don't even care. <laughs> um, and I mean, I care, but we dead, as a I whole guess, so. don't care, I guess. Um, but like, she's, gonna what the next time around she's gonna start sending invermectin to everybody's houses well like, and i don't i'm not sure how this is a benefit to anybody i said this to you yesterday when we were chatting about this like i don't it's not even entirely about like looking forward i yeah we we're at a place where neither where jason kenny's pandemic response would be probably no different than brian jeans or daniel smith right now because jason kenny had already decided i'm never gonna fucking do anything again but it would be you'd be crazy if you don't look back over two years and ask yourself what would have happened had Danielle Smith been the premier uh, in 2019 or if Brian Jean, who very much could have been the premier in 2019, had he not been kamikaze. Right. Uh, ask it. You're, it's it's not it's you're crazy not to ask yourself what it would have been like, because that's you can't just you know just because the fire is out right you can't doesn't mean you should put somebody in charge that would have started fires right like you need to you need to have that idea in mind while also knowing that we don't know if if the future's next in the next four years if our biggest crisis is a seventh or eighth wave or whatever it is or something else like I, I like this idea of free ivermectin for everyone. Under, uh, <laughs> Premier just, it's you can like pick the, it the Klein box, but it's ivermectin. No, they'll well, just send it right yeah, to your house. You I could get a uh, former city counselor to talk about that mm-hmm. on the show, but he's no longer alive because of COVID. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I think like that's that's horrifying. And I think this is the the reality that if, you know, Brian Jean had been premier in 2019, um, you know, I I always want to say like Jason Kenney is a horrible human being and I am not in any way saying you've disclaimed that you don't have to. uh, I feel like it just needs repeating. But like if I think people know we don't like him on this show. Exactly. In 20, 2019, like we wouldn't have had any response at all, maybe right. for right from the beginning. And, you know, the, the hard thing with all of this is that Jason Kenny caved to them like he this is where he must be really annoyed because like he he caved, he took away the restrictions. He's been fighting Trudeau about border restrictions like he's gone full full on anti covid 
giving a shit, um, but it didn't save his job. And so what that says is that the next people who come along are going to be even more terrifying because if Jason Kenny couldn't even save his job by eliminating all the anything that's saving any of us from everything, that's then, right. you know, the rest of them are going to be so useless. And like Scott said, I think it's an important point that, you know, COVID's still going for one thing. So we have an ongoing crisis, but we don't know what's next. I mean, we're dealing with the effects of climate change. We're dealing with, you know, all the effects of inflation and war. The pandemic, all this stuff, war, you know, there's lots of shit coming down the pipelines and we uh, shouldn't even use pipelines. As a, <laughs> no, you as should. That's a, great. A metaphor. That works for this show. Um, but like, we need people who are going to be in leadership who can handle these crises. And these are guys who just want freedom in whatever that means. That means you can do whatever you want without any government restrictions and interference. And that's terrifying thinking of what's coming next, let alone what we're currently living through that's not over yet. Well, and some of these people are masters in opposition politics in the sense that they only know how to oppose what's being done, those are the worst kinds of people to put in charge because they, they honestly are like, like a, like a, like a dog you've left in a field. Like they, well, what do I do? Like, I, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like I'm used to you making it a decision and I get to trash it, which is like the easiest fucking thing ever. That's Drew Barnes specialty, right? Like he's been doing that. That guy has been on the opposite of everything a PC government has done the opposite of everything an NDP government has done and the opposite of pretty much everything a UCP government has done. Like think about how fucking ridiculous that is. Like he tried to be on the same page with the UCP for a while. And I just don't think it like, I don't think he knew how to handle it. And eventually he just started dissenting because that's all he knows and ended up on the outside looking in because I mean, he's fucking way more comfortable well, and it's roles. it's much easier doing that, right? 100%. Like it's so much easier to say you're doing a shitty job right. than it is to stand up and say this is what I think I'll we do should do. Like leadership is fucking hard like taking a, the right stand and standing up and putting yourself out there and making decisions is fucking hard like it's a difficult thing to do and we need people who are willing to do that and I think also have the skills to do it it's like these guys like you said all they know how to do is say wah wah this sucks you suck yeah. they're the worst blame this person blame that person no positive here's how we're gonna fix it or make it better or well, do they're something. libertarians right so it's like they're they're in entire plan is to have have no plan because there is there should be no government right like it should be it, we should be only there to i don't know build roads or something like that only and police even then yeah fun police like any other yeah pretty exactly. much police and, and, fun, and, and military fun police to protect property rights like absolutely it's like police the, the and military and that's property it, and it's is just the most important them. thing in the entire world like for crying out loud, Drew Barnes just wrote a column suggesting um, that like property rights be sort of enshrined in the constitution on the level of like freedom of speech and religion. Like these should just be fundamentally freedom, fundamental freedoms that you should just be able to. And I mean, I don't like, I don't want to say that like he would ever like want that to get to like, we should just own people too. But I mean, once you're a landlord, of mass numbers you're half owning people anyways right like they're they're your revenue but anyway that's besides the point so this is kind of the thing that i've that that, that 
blows my mind and you keep disclaiming it but i'm not even going to disclaim it like i swear to god like if jason kenny ends up in a leadership review with like brian gene danielle smith and drew barnes like i will fucking door knock for jason kenny like i know you know what i mean the enemy i know or whatever like the evil like whatever the saying is like i already know what this guy's gonna do i have no i can't even fathom a world with a Danielle Smith or a Brian Jean charge. And I, we keep, we talk about Danielle Smith because she's announced, like, I should say, like, I don't think she has a fucking hope of becoming the leader of the party. She's also back on Twitter. Well, of Even course, she's she got a campaign. Because of cancel culture. Well, she has to campaign, right? Yeah. Like, even, I mean, again, unscientific polling, right? But our online poll to news was like, did you, would you like to see Danielle Smith as leader and it's like 70 percent fuck that right so i don't see her ha- as a as a viable candidate but brian gene he's almost a front runner you would say and i don't know if it's like people just think brian gene is like more of a they feel like he's a nicer guy because he was a victim of jason kenny but like, what do people really think Brian Jean would be like? Like, he's the, like, one of the founders of the Wild Rose Party or whatever. Like, this is a, this is a guy who wants to go way further to the right than this UCP has gone. Unabashedly. But it's also like, wasn't Kenny that, wasn't Kenny that guy in 2017? But there's a difference for when you are the guy that says they're going to do it. And then when you get into a governing standpoint and you kind of have to face the reality of like, at least like you have to at least sort of smooth out the edges of your complete bullshit. And you have to kind of like, you know, do something when a pandemic arrives. Right. Like I think Kenny wanted to, first of all, I think Kenny thought everything he was going to do was just going to like, actually like make a difference like i think he actually thought like he'd just like boom the economy on entry upon entry right and so he thought he could just do whatever he wanted and then the world kind of was like yeah well you can't because here's a crashed commodity and here's a global pandemic and here's a entire province of people opposing these bullshit Uh, policies you're putting in right and so like you kind of have to like i don't think like this is a thing like nobody really wants right-wing governance (laughs) like they vote for it but like they don't really want that like every time these things you actually see these far-right policies put in place it's not like only the left is like hey it's uh it's bad to I don't know, pick one of the million things. It's bad to just give 5 billion bucks to corporations so they can give it to shareholders. It's bad to, like, we're not the only ones that have thought these policies were bad, right? So Albertans themselves find out, well, fuck, my service is gone or this is gone or that is gone. We were saying this with Barry when he was on Morishita, right? Albertans are fiscal conservative, like in the moment, but like at the end of the day, they want their stuff. They want their Everyone services. They want conservative. 
perspective until it affects them personally. Of course. 100%. I mean, not everyone, but most people. No, but that's the thing is people, that's, that's sort of the thing. Go ahead, Roberta. Here's where I think this becomes very interesting because, you know, you talk about Brian Jean and Danielle Smith and these others being, are they electable? Um, you know, do, is this what Albertans really want? And, and, you know, Albertans, I think, like Jeremy said, most people want good services and want good things. They've just been convinced that they, they don't want to pay for these things or that they shouldn't pay for these things and stupid garbage. Or that if but they the exist, they have to pay for them out of their, like every dime of it comes out of their own pocket somehow. Yeah, absolutely. That like, we're each responsible for our own. Right. Yeah. But, but, you know, what I'm realizing here is that the, in many ways, the wild rose party has just made an end run around the Alberta electorate is basically what's happened here because, you know, the conservatives right. had split, right. The wild rose pulled a large proportion of the conservative base out of the conservative party. The conservatives lost as a result of that in 2015, the NDP ends up winning. The conservatives are like, oh shit, we better unite in this province, the wild rose and the conservatives. They're like, let's unite. So this whole thing has been about shoving these two groups together so that they can regain power for the conservatives. But, you know, at the time, you know, Jason Kenney, cheats to win but probably also in some ways i mean he may have won anyway it's probably hard we to would know. have won anyway yeah i think he would have won anyway because he represents the the conservative side of that alliance uh, as a part uh, as opposed to the wild rose side of that that alliance he's on the stephen harper conservative like that tradition and you know Brian Jean and Daniel Rose, uh, Daniel Rose, Daniel Smith, they're on the wild rose side of that, that spectrum. So if we're kind of looking at the two pieces that join together into this party, they're on the opposite sides, right? So, you know, Jason Kenney gets elected as leader. He then gets elected as premier. Um, let's also be clear that he doesn't get a majority of the vote, like the way our electorate, our electoral system works. It's not like the majority of Albertans actually supported Jason Kenney, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, but so, the majority of people that voted did. Yes, fair. But, you know, right? there's all sorts of like people always say that, like only this many people. Well, but like you're by saying that you're saying that everyone who didn't vote would have voted against him. Like clearly people that didn't vote would have voted for him too. Right. Sure. Like, but what I'm saying, they didn't come out to vote for him, but anyway, that's a whole right. other conversation. Anyway, he wins. He's now premier, mm -hmm. but now within the, that clump together, conservative wild rose group, immediately there's that division emerges again, right? Like they, they never actually unified. And so that division happened again. Now they've pushed Jason Kenny out. Maybe it's hard to know. Um, but one of those two, maybe, or a Drew Barnes or whoever, let's say Brian Jean or Daniel Smith are the two front runners. I don't know. I think there's some misogyny. That's probably part of the, why Daniel Smith isn't as popular as Brian Jean, but that's also another issue for another day. Um, but let's say one of them wins this election, um, to replace Jason Kenny as leader of the UCP. They are now premier. They become premier of the province and that wild rose group that Albertans clear 
severely rejected back when they first formed have now become basically effectively the government of Alberta. And they did it all through an end run. They never did it through the electorate. It's all going to happen through this UCP merger, then infighting, then replacing a leader. And that is really, really scary and concerning to me. So when this all started, I like that's a great point. And like I've been saying this since the beginning that this is very much like the reform PC merger that became the Conservative Party of Canada. And then all of a sudden the CPC is just basically the Reform Party. That's exactly what this whole thing was about. But where it where this whole thing wasn't isn't happening exactly how I predicted was when Jason Kenney ran for the PCs. I'm like, this is a Harper. This is a reform guy. He is a wild roser. He's the one that's going to take over the PCs, merger it into the wild rose, become the UCP and then become the wild rose under the, the name of the UCP. And like I said, Policy-wise, outside of this pandemic, these people are very much on the same page on a, on a number of things. So where it kind of like all of this sort of was like, well, that's what I didn't see coming was that Jason Kenney would be the thing that has to be pushed out in order for the final position into the official Wild Rose, like under the UCP banner it happens because I always thought Jason Kenney was just as interested in having far right libertarian style, like neoliberal policies. And that's what, yeah. So anyways, that's what's sort of kind of blowing my mind right now is that Kenny is the one that has to be pushed out for them to finally sort of finish the puzzle. What do you think, Jeremy? Um, well, I, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, say Brian Jean won the UCP leadership race in 2017 and he became premier in 2019. Do, do you think he would have actually done what he says he would have done now? Like, I don't know. I sense he probably would have, uh, went the direction of Kenny and like by necessity, you know, did the bare minimum about COVID. It would be funny if Jason Kenny was there sniping at the sidelines being like, this guy's a globalist. He's uh, working for the world economic forum. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think like. I agree with that. 100%. The, the, yeah. The exigencies of like governance um, require Right. Exigence, exigence. Anyways, once you're there, kind of hard to be exactly yeah. the way you said you were going to be when what you said you were going to be is harmful. Yeah. So, I mean, but at, at the same time, I do think that this is a case of, um, you know, like Roberta said, it's a wild rose coup. It is essentially. But I mean, I think that's what the party membership wants. And, uh, you know, you look at the UK with with Boris Johnson. I mean, he had a caucus that was like 
split over Brexit, but the party membership overwhelmingly supported it. So he was just like, all right, um, if you don't support Brexit, get lost. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, Kenny didn't really, uh, didn't really have the option to do that because he was trying to balance, right, two, two sides, but right the the you know the pcs and the wild rose but the the wild rose had completely subsumed the the pcs in terms of like party membership and and like the broader right-wing movement so um yeah and and i I just want to say because you know we're we're getting close to the end that i i think that we ought to um, take joy in Jason Kane's misfortunes while also being clear-headed 100%. about what comes next. But, but I, I, I mean, a bad day for Jason Kane is a good day for humanity, and we should, uh, you know, enjoy. We that should we else. should bask in that a little bit. Yeah. Can we also take a moment before we wrap up to say like? fuck off all the people who um, rewarded or applauded Jason Kenny for his public service. Like, seriously, that fucking, uh, like, his enemies uh, coming po- out to be like, yes, I'll, I'll, political I'll, class yeah. all coming together to thank people for their service is dumb. just bullshit. He didn't like, serve the guy spent yeah. three we'll, we'll years trying to destroy as much as humanly possible it allows in this province. And well, they it, come out and, and say, like, thanks for your hard work and your right. service. Like, go fuck yourselves. Sorry, well, I just had to throw that No, it's 100%. Years. I mean, his entire career has been about making one people's lives miserable but to see Nahid Nenshi uh friend of the show (laughs) Nahid Nenshi say oh uh thank you you know it was so great how you got involved in politics to uh make the community better it's just like get fucked you know that's not true and just say nothing just say nothing like like especially I mean he's not nobody's expecting you to say anything no has no reason Right. Jason Kenny. Nobody was going, Rachel, where's Nahed's comment on Kenny? I can't yeah. believe he hasn't like, commented. Nobody would have even wondered point. where Ms. Notley's Not comment once. was. It's always they okay to keep your mouth shut. Has Jody said anything? I, I I don't think she has, and I, I think that's good on her because... I you hope know, not. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it just um, disgusted I, me. Like, come on, you guys. Like, he did not get yeah, into actually, public service to serve the public. So seriously, stop thanking him for it. The only people that should be thanking him are the corporations who just made a lot of money under his reign. Yeah, and the or, rest of us should be, like, cheering that he's gone, other well, than like all these Brian, other reasons we know. Yeah, and Brian Bateson. <laughs> well, the Brian's. So I just want to yeah, touch the on the last thing you said. Um, imagine if it was brian gene by the way and then he kept all the brian's but anyway then got rid of all the mats that's right i want to touch on the thing that you were talking about because you were saying like you know had brian gene would they what would he you know he probably would have had to do some much the same thing and as far as brian gene is concerned i actually think that's true i think had he been the premier in 2019 he probably would have been forced to sort of do some of the very same things and he might have been exactly the same in the we're the best summer ever right i don't i'm not so sure danielle smith uh would have uh take like literally i honestly believe she would have pushed poison onto people uh to try to treat this so i don't think that she would have done the same thing even as the rest of the world attempted to that's how fucking much of a dumbass she is but 
I think Brian Jean might have been pushed into that, but I think where we have to be cognizant of this is that Brian Jean coming in after, not only does it allow him to act like he wouldn't have done those things, but it allows him to further empower the complete pieces of shit that not just like refuse to get vaccinated or whatever, because I mean, I don't want to say that you're a complete piece of shit for that, but for blocking borders or these kinds of things, like those were not the best of our people, right? Doing those things. And Brian Jean gives more power to those people if he becomes premier. Go ahead, Roberta. He also allows the UCP broadly to distance themselves from anything that Jason Kenney has done over the last three years. And as I said earlier, you know, the NDP now has a big problem, which is they can't just, um, you know, run against Jason Kenney right. and they can't just run against the UCP in general because Brian Jean or whoever takes over, if anybody ever takes over, will just say, I wouldn't have done that. We would have done things differently. Well, and, and they didn't you know, really this whole thing changes. They haven't really opposed the UCP in general yet, which is what would really sort of screws them up for the next year, because they have always treated this like it's Brian Jean or like that. It's like Jason Kenney's doing almost like he's a president of Alberta. Like this guy's writing executive orders or vetoing bills or whatever. Like this man has been given more power by his opposition than he actually has within that party. Because we've often said like, he is rep the representation of the ideology. He's not the creator of this ideology. He's not the, he's not the creator of reform party policies right like this is a straight out of milton friedman's like studies like kind of guy right and so um yeah it's uh what does the ndp do now because he's gone now they have to pivot and say well it's been the it's actually the ucp that's been bad this whole time which by the way is 100 percent correct it's just that you have made it look like you're full of shit by making it all about Jason Kenny for three years. And now it's going to be like, well, vote for us still anyways, because right. Because a lot of the people, this is why, this is why parties should have positive platforms of how we're going to make better decisions and do things better um, rather than just an anti-government um, policy. Like it's easy to run on an anti-Jason Kenny, but it backfires in this exact moment, which I think we all could have predicted coming at some point before the election because the UCP also wants to win the election and they know that Jason Kenny is going to be a problem for them. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, this was going to happen. And, and, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be surprised if the NDP can shift track in, in enough time. Well, and that's the thing. That's the one thing we didn't get to touch on today, which is that like the other shitty part about this is Jason Kenney not being the leader of the UCP is a much smoother path to being reelected for the UCP than it was uh, four days ago. So again, to the people, like we can bask in a bad day for Jason Kenney all we want, but cause and effect is a big thing and what's i don't know what i'm not good at mythology but isn't there like a monster where you cut off a head and two come back or something like that like yeah you watch marvel it's the hydra, the hydra right. That's right. That's right right so this is the thing you know you got to be careful as you 
get, you know, like you said, cut off the head or cut off symptoms of a problem. You're not solving the problem. You might actually make it worse. You might actually exacerbate the, the problem. You might actually give more power to the problem. So that's what I guess the message was for today was just that like, no, no, no group of people have been more critical of Jason Kenny as a human being than this show. We did it an entire episode on whether this man has the capability of human empathy. And we were serious. It wasn't even a satire episode. So we, we are fully on the side of this is not a good person, but he's not the he's a symptom of a problem not the problem trump was a symptom of a problem not the problem and yeah but be careful what you wish for because right. we don't know what's coming down here and um you know sometimes the enemy you know is better than the enemy you don't know um and <sighs> it you know, sucks to maybe say we're but it's, there. it's true this is this is the reality we live in all right jeremy got any last thoughts before i thank our patrons um no, not really. Um, just that um, don't be fooled by the rhetoric that, oh, uh, you know, Jason Kenny's the guy we disagree with, but um, his, you know, you have to applaud, you know, you have to hand it to him for his commitment. To public service. No, you don't. No, you um, don't. Absolutely. Don't give that fucker an inch. And uh, we can take pleasure in his misfortune while at the same time being concerned about what comes next. In fact, by the time this episode's out, uh, I will have a piece out in Passage that argues uh, just that. So read it. I look forward to reading it. All right, you guys, it is the time in the show where we thank our patrons who go way above and beyond anything we could ever hope for to the big red machine. To Darius Bergard, to Dave Bonmiller, to Nicola Di Nicola, to Chris Derwold, and to Farah Chaudhry. Thank you guys so much for all that you guys do for the show. I do mean it honestly when it I uh, say it keeps us going to other patrons. I, I remember when <laughs> remember when Andre was like, you guys should like shill for money more often on your show. Like you should bring it up. And uh, I did it one time. And we actually got some like one and like a, some patrons out of it and then we never did it again because we suck at this shit so if you're listening and you want to go on to patron and like give us like one dollar a month or three dollars a month even like honest to god it it uh, means a lot to us just to um be able to high five and uh, it does help us uh cover the cost of the show and these kinds of things so thank you guys anyway so much for for being here for listening um Happy May Long, even though it'll be over by the time most of you listen to this. And Yeah, uh, I hope you had a good May Long. Hope you had a good May Long. I'm going camping now. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Yeah.